Well, um, good, good morning, everyone, um, and uh, thank you very much indeed for your welcome. Thank you for reading those uh, few verses um, that I'd uh, asked to be read when Peter had asked me to suggest a passage a couple of weeks ago. Um, and thank you, perhaps especially, for the opportunity to share some time with this morning. Look, Peter very graciously has kept on saying the word thank you. Um, and said you know, how much it was appreciated with the work of the schools uh, that, that's here in Camborne. And yet when I look round the room this morning, um, and I know there'll be others who, who aren't here uh, as well this morning, absolutely, Peter, you know, it's only right that uh, those of us who work in schools reciprocate that thank you and say thank you very much indeed for your support for, uh, for schools, for education, indeed for the whole community um, here in Camborne. Uh, you know, there have been some fantastic workers now over many years actually that have built up and will continue to build up, I know, uh, everything here in Campbell and that absolutely includes the schools. Just the fact that you're focusing in on Education Sunday like in the way that you are uh, tells its own story actually in terms of your commitment um, and, and real desire to want to support in, in all the best ways possible. Uh, and so thank you very much um, indeed for that. Um, I'm looking around for a clock because I know the propensity of teachers and preachers uh, to say, no, you don't have one. So I take my watch off there and tell my favourite little story about church services where the little boy is going into the church service for the first time with his dad. And uh, so every time something happens, he says, what does that mean, Dad? You know, so the, um, the, the hymns and that said, well, that mean we'll be standing up and we'll be singing that hymn. Um, and then there'll be something else that someone stands up with the Bible. So well, that, means we're, uh, that means that we're going to listen to the Bible passage now. And probably someone will say a little bit about that later. Now it's time to pray. What do we do here? Well, you know, you close your eyes and uh, put your hands together and you pray. Then it comes to the sermon and uh, the uh, minister takes off his watch and puts it on the, uh, the, the lectern like this. And the boy turns to his father and says, what does that mean, Daddy? And his father rolls his eyes and says, son, that means absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> so anyway, preachers and teachers... Um, the particular reason, just for briefly reflecting on the passage uh, initially uh, with you, was that to suggest on Education Sunday that uh, whatever else Jesus was, and indeed is, he was indeed a truly wonderful teacher. Um, I'm blessed and privileged to see and do um, many things, I guess, in, in my life. And you know, one of the very best things, and I was thinking in the prayers there, someone who's inspired you, there is nothing more wonderful than seeing great teachers at work. Uh, there is no doubt about that at all in, in my eyes, um, that to see a truly great teacher at work is, is really genuinely inspiring. And actually, that's what a great teacher is in many ways. He or she is inspiring. Um, and Jesus was such a teacher, and perhaps it's good just to acknowledge that on Education Sunday. Uh, Nicodemus recognised this when he approached uh, Jesus. Uh, we read in John uh, chapter 3, verse 2, and had quite a long conversation with him, you'll remember. But his first words were, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. And Jesus himself actually fully acknowledged this in John 13, 13. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. So, just very briefly, what is it that uh, we see here as Jesus as such a, a great teacher? It's worth reflecting about exactly what it is that a teacher 
does. Um, and uh, many of you might have all sorts of answers to that question, not all of which you'll wish to divulge to me, probably. Um, but perhaps a teacher, in many ways, is especially someone who opens our eyes and our minds and indeed our hearts to help us truly to understand. And for sure, Jesus did this. It's interesting, this passage, in terms of what it is, because, you know, Jesus might just have spoken about judging and just have read the first two, or spoken the first two verses there, about do not be judged or you too will be judged. But he doesn't finish at the end of verses 1 to 2. No, why not? Because he's a really good teacher. He knows how it is that people might come to understand and have their eyes open. So he goes on and he speaks uh, the words in verses 3 to 5 and says, Look, here's what I'm talking about. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Now, one of the things that I see regularly, and I'm sure you would as well, is great teachers use powerful visual images. It's such a clear and good and helpful teaching technique. Now, these days, of course, you walk into a classroom and there it will be there. And it occurred to me that with this sort of image, I know how that would be done today and how Jesus might have done that. He would have put on his clicker and pop, up it went, and there's a plank coming out of someone's eye. And do you know what? They can't see the speck in that other person's eye. Why are they trying to get the speck out of their own eye? Probably hitting the other person with a plank in their eye. It's very, very obvious, isn't it? Jesus didn't have his interactive white board behind him so Jesus explains but he gives a powerful visual image that says look look at this it's really obvious isn't it actually when you think about this picture and I'm sure everyone there thought yeah it is isn't it really that's that is so obvious and clear and you know linked in with that also I suggest that it is true um, and again you're very free to uh, contradict this if it wasn't necessarily your experience, but uh, great teachers do generally have a very good sense of humour. And there is something about humour, uh, yeah, you can laugh at that, it's all right. Uh, the, 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 there is something about humour and learning, actually, because it's quite interesting to reflect on what is humour. Why is something funny? Because somehow or other, isn't it because suddenly someone points out, you can see it in a different way. And, and that's somehow funny. And that, that's what a lot of humour is, observing things and seeing things that perhaps we haven't seen. Oh, yeah, God, that's, that's, that's funny, isn't it? Um, well, isn't that what's happening here? I, I am sure that Jesus' Jesus's crowd, his audience, his followers here, would have laughed at this. There's a sense of utter absurdity here that is very, very powerful. How absurd that someone should try and remove a speck from someone else's eye, a little bit of sawdust, when they've got a great big plank coming out of their own eye. How very, very obviously true. So how much more powerfully is it true here that do not judge? And how much more do we understand because Jesus is a great teacher and says, look, here's how you can understand this. And of course we see this, don't we, so often elsewhere in the Gospels. The parables, it's always seemed to me, are a fantastic example of brilliant teaching that Jesus used. How interesting he uses them so often because he knows and he understands humans and how it is that they can understand. So he uses them to illustrate points, especially to enable his crowd and his followers to relate from their own situation. Why so many parables about sheep? 
Seems a bit strange from our age. Wasn't a bit strange, was it, of course, in Jesus' time, when in the community then, sheep and animals and shepherds and farming, etc., were all around. Of course, use sheep and shepherds as illustrations. Do you know what it means to love your neighbour? Well, let's use the different communities and perhaps even races that are there and let's use an example of a good Samaritan to say that's what it might really mean. The sort of shock value of a parable like that. Powerful, powerful teaching because Jesus was a great teacher. And, you know, perhaps above all else, I'd suggest that truly great teachers do and must teach by example. And in truth, ultimately, of course, Jesus alone does this with moral teaching. Actually, it's him alone, isn't it, who's ever only utterly taught by example. Greater love has no man than he should lay down his life for another. Above anyone ever, of course, Jesus has taught us by example. So Jesus, truly, I think we can reflect on Education Sunday, it is a magnificent teacher. Just very briefly on the message itself rather than uh, the teaching. What what about the particular message um, that uh, we have here? Well, in some ways, all I'd had time to think about, given certainly other events this week, is that it's quite an important message. Uh, A critical spirit, well, it's not only unhelpful and damaging. It is. A critical spirit is unhelpful and damaging. But surely the point of these words is to say that ultimately, you know, it's absurd. It doesn't make sense, does it? Look at all of us. Look at me. All of us, me, do not live up to the standards we ideally want to. And we just know that that's true. The whole of Christian teaching tells us that's true. But actually, just honesty tells us that's true. And so who are we to condemn others? And that might have been all I'd said this morning, apart from one or two other little events that happened during the week that have been alluded to once or twice by Claire and certain others. Um, And I do, I feel, have to share uh, these things with you. I did choose this passage a couple of weeks ago, didn't I, Peter? Good, thank you, all right? So this is not a stitch-up, all right? It is truly remarkable, and I now think rather wonderful, actually. I have to just let you know one or two things. Um, for uh, reasons I won't bore you, I recently trained to be an Ofsted inspector myself. It's part of a national pilot scheme that says perhaps we ought to train a few of these heads to be Ofsted inspectors and join teams in inspections. In principle, I think it's quite a good idea. Um, in slightly religious language, I think it's what people at my own school would say going over to the dark side. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, th- this has happened, and I'd finished my training and uh, set up to do the first ever official Ofsted inspection as an inspector for what's called a sign-off. And I was set up to go to a place not so far away in Northampton, I can now reveal. So I went there on Wednesday, uh, because Wednesday and Thursday were the two days on which I was to be, uh, for the first time, an Ofsted inspector. So there we are. I was sort of really rather nervous about this, if I'm honest, um, and trying to get my act together, do the job as well as I could, do right by the school, do right by the children, all those things you want to do um, as an inspector. Honest, that is what they want to do rather than the other things they might be accused of sometime. Um, so you now know what happened, don't you? Of course, being the diligent person I was, like this morning, um, I had switched my phone off. Um, and no, this is different from uh, just a picture of 
one of my daughters and my son on there, and that, that's all that normally pops up. I did that at about, I can't remember when it was, about 2.30 in the afternoon. It said, whew, nine missed calls. This looks, uh, this looks exciting. I'm lucky if I get one a week. You know, that, that's a, it's a male thing, isn't it? Um, but uh, nine missed calls. I thought, hmm, I think I'd better just try and follow that up. So anyway, you know now what happened. The way inspections work, you get a phone call. Uh, the afternoon before the inspection. Sure enough, uh, and as Paul Lawrence, one of the deputies at Combleton Village College, his first words were to me, the irony of this will not be lost on you. <laughs> no, you're right, Paul, it's not lost on me. Uh, so there we went. Anyway, eventually I was allowed to leave halfway through. The, the HMI chief inspector, look, sorry, sorry, lead inspector there said, hmm, this is tricky. Only once in 15 years have I ever let someone go halfway through, and that's because someone died in their school. Well, oh my. well you know. Uh, so a- a- anyway, apparently it's either death or your own Ofsted inspection. I can now tell you, I permit you to, be, uh, to go. Anyway, there we were. We went through the two days. It was, uh, it was an interesting juxtaposition, actually, for me, as you might guess, along with everything else. There I was, inspecting, 14 hours later, I was back there sitting in Commons, being inspected. I have a confession. I'd slightly forgotten that I was, during all this were, saying some words this morning. I thought, oh, what am I supposed to be talking on the rest of it? I'm sure I'd prepared it some time ago. I thought, oh, yeah, it wasn't it that... And here, here's what it was. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. <laughs> For in the same way as you judge others, <laughs> you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. <laughs> deary, deary me. So anyway, I, I don't know what, what to say about that. It occurred to me, you know, some of you may have seen the film The Life of Pi or read that book. I, I really, really rather enjoyed that. But there's, there's two ways you can see everything, aren't there? So, you know, th- there's this extraordinary thing. So depending on your outlook, well, that's a remarkable coincidence, isn't it? Or, do you know what? Perhaps there's someone somewhere who might be trying to teach me something. Jesus was a remarkable teacher 2,000 years ago. He can And he surely does teach all of us powerfully today. And that's a good thing to be able to reflect on on Education Sunday.